Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. All right. Hello, and welcome to episode eight. Ten. It is ten. episode ten. Episode we're in ten. Du- <laughs> we're in double digits, finally. Oh, God. Of episode uh, ten of uh, Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I am the pod- po- uh, podcast namesake, uh, Dan McFadden. And uh, with me is my, my good friend, James Crow. Say hi, Crow. Hello, everyone. Hope you had a good week off. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, we're we're getting into it. We're getting to the thicket of the season in NASCAR, the NASCAR world, and uh, we're coming off of a race at Martinsville Speedway. Uh, and it was what race number ten or what? I've already lost count of how many races. Race number eight. Race number eight. So we are eight races into the 2021 season, and we have our first repeat winner of the season, Crow. And who was it? Well, we were at Martinsville. <laughs> yes, we were at Martinsville, and uh, the winner was Martin Truex Jr. Uh, he's the first repeat winner of the year, uh, but he earned his third win at Martinsville in the last four races at the half-mile track up in uh, southern Virginia. Uh, he, he's further cementing his uh, role as the dominant short track racer on the cup circuit. So, I think you're supposed, you're supposed to refer to it as the paperclip. The paperclip in Southern Virginia. So, um, Crow, what was your takeaways from race number eight of the season? I'm, I'm going to guess like your first Martinsville race that maybe you probably remember watching. Well, let me, let me say, first of all, getting to actually watch this was an adventure because thanks to the rain delay, um, <laughs> my uh, DVR recorded, um, I guess, the race from last year. Oh, did it? Do, did they do that? Uh, yeah. Which I didn't realize because because oh. so at the start of the race everything was super dark and then later <laughs> on it gets light again and so I didn't realize for like probably you know fifteen minutes of watching this after it, it, I, I thought it had gone green that I'm watching like an old race and then I realized wait Bo Wallace is in the wrong car. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the Black Lives Matter car? Yep. <laughs> I was like, and, and so I was like, wait, did they like do like a one race deal or something? Like, what, what's going on? And I realized I had the wrong thing on. And um, yeah, you, 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 so you fell victim to something that Fox does on a regular basis. When, when a race gets rained out, they play the previous race at the track or the, that same race from last year. And it confuses people yeah. so much that you will see reaction on social media to, oh, congratulations, so-and-so on winning the race. And they, they, they won the race last year. Well, it, it got even worse from there because I, I, I found the race on a replay and uh, started watching that um, while I was working. And uh, I had to leave to go home for lunch and didn't realize I hadn't set it to record. So I made it, like, I think through the first two stages and then didn't have a recording for the last part of it. Uh, and then finally, NASCAR put it up on their channel, like the full race, so they would watch yeah. the last stage. Yeah, but they do. Yeah, they put I, up there the day after, usually, or two days after the race. But I've, I've never worked so hard to watch a race before. But it was an odyssey. That race weekend was an odyssey. Yeah. So I mean, The sad thing is that, like, I 
don't really remember that much about it. <laughs> well, there was a lot of one-card spins. Uh, Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin led a bunch of laps. Ryan Blaney then had a late race snafu on pit road uh, where he carried some equipment outside of his box, uh, which is yet another episode in uh, Bad Luck Blaney. Oh, I definitely which... heard about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Being friends with a very lar- big Blaney fan, I-, I get text messages no matter whether I'm watching the race or not. <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Blaney led 157 laps, uh, but only wound up finishing 11th. And then the other uh, Martinsville short track king, uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, led 276 laps, but Martin Truex Jr. passed him uh, with about 20 laps to go and uh, just went the rest of the way to the checkered flag. Uh, oh, 16 laps to go. 16 laps to go. Uh, they had a really good battle there at the end. But yeah, our first... first Winner, multiple race winner of the year's Martin Truex Jr. And this is this was an odd win for Martin Truex Jr. at Martinsville, uh, because in his last, his previous three starts at Martinsville, he led 464 laps, one, 132 laps, one, and then 129 laps uh, in the fall race last year, and he finished 22nd a lap down. And I don't remember what happened to him in that race. So, but then, yes, then he goes in and just leads only 20 laps Sunday to get, and then gets the win. So, uh, an unconventional Martinsville win for Martin Truex Jr. So, outside of, you know, a couple of one-car spins, we had, as you described before we started recording, a slow-motion big one. Um, <laughs> which is, I mean, yeah, it's about the only way you could describe what happened on the backstretch. Uh, and what, what lap was that? That was lap... Uh, 387 is what Racing Reference says. So, yes, you had a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 car wreck at Martinsville. Um, you don't see this at Martinsville ever, really. Um, I can't... I mean, it did happen on, at the end of the 2017 race, the one that's mostly known for... The Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin incident at the end of the race where that Kyle Busch wound up winning, uh, and he won as a huge pile of cars <laughs> wadded up behind him. Um, but it, it just rarely happens that you see that kind of accident at that track. It's almost like seeing a car flip at Bristol. Uh, I've only seen it happen once, and that was back in, like, 1996. So... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very weird wreck to watch just because it was, like, you see how these people spin, and then just they're just plowing into each other. Yeah, and they can't stop. Well, some 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 because some drivers were just going full throttle coming out of the turn, and it just happened. But then there's like the, the the second wave of cars that's like, wait, what's going on? And they can't figure what out what to do, and they just get collected into it. So yeah, and it was and it wasn't like fender bender type wreck either. Like there were several cars on fire. Like <laughs> Daniel Suarez. Yeah. Um, so there was, uh, you know, quite a bit of chaos um, yeah. for for something that was happened at such a slow speed. The the visual of the race for me was Suarez standing on the pit wall, just like looking around as the, his car on fire. It just looked looked so post apocalyptic, but I loved it. Um, then he threw his water bottle at William Byron to show his his, his frustration. 
Um, so, which, again, that's not something you usually see at Martinsville. That's something you see at Bristol. So, um, this was just kind of an odd Martinsville race. Uh, a lot of cautions, like I said, but mostly mostly single-car uh, incidents. Um, but, I mean, it. I, I like watching races at Martinsville um, for the most part, except for that year where they had the high downforce package at all tracks. And you had, like, like I said, Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> led um, uh, 464 laps in the fall 2019 race. And the year, the race before that in the spring, Brad Keselowski won after leading 446. <laughs> that, I forgot about that. Almost, almost identical. So, um, just in general, what, 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 what do you think of a race at Martinsville like that? Compared to everything else we've been watching this year, I mean it, it, it's a good short t- track. It's not as, uh, say, brutal as normal Bristol, not dirt Bristol. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's good fun. Like for some reason, like this one to me just didn't really. There wasn't a lot that stood out other than the the wreck. Um, the only exceptions were there were several pretty blatant like retaliation moves and stuff like that um i think it was uh is it harvick and bubba wallace kind of got into it at one point uh i think they got into each other but i don't think retaliation well, I think, was i think uh it. well it wasn't really retaliation it was what i mean it's just like i think bubba wallace went down low and kind of bumped uh, harvick and then harvick uh, slammed up against him just like hey don't do that but uh, maybe maybe and, and there there's a a few things like that that I noticed through the race, um, which is uh, maybe it was it, it very well could be because I just watched that uh, implement video with about a uh, NASCAR revenge that I sent to you. Yeah, I have not watched that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's just, just going to be things I already know. So it's, but like it's packaged in a nice way, Daniel. Okay. <laughs> what's the what's the problem with like like with like, most of the like YouTube video essays? The I see made it's like, okay, I'm watching a 15 minute essay on stuff I'm well versed in, um, so I usually don't watch them. Yeah, sorry guys. So like, I th- one thing I think that kind of got forgotten in this race was when Truex Jr. <laughs> almost got wiped out coming out of turn four, and he got like three fourths of the way sideways and corrected. <laughs> it kept going. It like so he was that close to not being in a position win this race and that was like a really good save that is a save P- people like to call uh when a car basically does a complete spin but doesn't hit anything oh he saved it no if you're if the nose of your car is pointed in the completely wrong direction than it's supposed to be going that's not a save so what Shurex did uh sunday that was a save uh did you get to watch the xfinity race did not unfortunately okay all right, well, that's basically produced the storyline of the week with uh, um, Josh Berry, the junior motorsports, getting his first career Xfinity Series start, uh, driving the number eight, and he uh, did it in basically his sixth, the sixth start of the year out of twelve that he has scheduled. He's I don't know I don't know if you've done any research on Josh Berry in the last week to familiarize yourself with him. Uh, not really, other than just kind of reading some of the you know, initial kind of articles and stuff that came out. And Did, did you read my column at FrenchTrush.com? Not yet. <sighs> it's been a week. It's been a week. But yeah, 
Uh, Josh Berry, a longtime friend of Dale Earnhardt Jr., but he's also uh, been ra basically racing a late model for Junior Motorsports for the last 10 years. Um, has ba basically finally gotten his huge big big break in the Xfinity Series with just 12 scheduled races. Um, and he's he, he's a driver who has a history at, at Martinsville. He actually like he won a late model race at Martinsville where he led every lap. Um, so he definitely has experience there, and it paid off on uh, Sunday with his win, and uh, I don't know if, if you saw the whole thing where, you know, Marcus Limones did his whole tease with, oh, I'll sponsor you thing, and it looked like it was a done deal, because he said, hey, I'll sponsor you at Talladega, and if you win that, I guarantee you four more races, um, and it, yeah, it looked like a done deal, and then the next day, Junior Motorsports announced, oh, Tire Pros, the, the team that sponsored, uh, Barry at Atlanta had actually signed on instead, but instead for just Taldega, they're actually uh, signed up for two races. Taldega did Dover, so Marcus Lamonis got one upped. Um, <laughs> so which is kind of <laughs> funny to see, and also you know good to see. Good to see the billionaire or whatever. I don't even know if he's a billionaire, but the the guy who does so much stuff via social media getting one upped. Yeah, but he, he does great yeah. stuff for the sport. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's happy. Either way, I mean, you know, Camping World, Truck Series, you know, as long as, as long as people are paying attention to that, he's working, you know, it's working for him. Yeah. Oh, no, he said that. He said it, He said it, it's his job to bring attention to teams or people who need it. And hey, they, they, they got a better deal than what he was offering. So they got a guaranteed two races and he was only offering a guaranteed one race. Uh, but no, it was good to see uh, Josh Berry. He's 30. 30 years old, getting his first career win. That's not something you see every day in the Xfinity, well, really any NASCAR series. So Not, not anymore. Uh, uh, in, in my column that you have yet to read, I said that X, the Xfinity series needs to like uh, bring out a new motto, uh, 30 is the new 20, um, and it, Josh Perry could be the, uh, the, the poster boy for that because uh, he's the third driver who's 30 years or older to win in the Xfinity series this year. Him, uh, Justin Elgar, and A.J. Allmendinger. So it, it's not just a young kid's uh, series anymore. There's still, so, hope for, there's still hope for us, Daniel. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just turned 30. All I got to do is learn how to drive stick. And I think I could do it. So um, the closest I've ever gotten to, to doing that was doing a ride-along at the Richard Petty Experience at Charlotte Motor Speedway a couple years ago. So, Which was very cool. Um, and you should do that. So... Uh, that that's it from for Martinsville or the general Martinsville talk. Uh, the next race this weekend is a uh, uh, Cup and Truck Series at at Richmond. Xfinity will be back at Talladega the next weekend. So after that, Crow, what time is it? Time to find out how our our boy did. <laughs> Our, you can call him our boy. You, you, our you boy. keep calling him that. I'm not going to call him that. Uh, but now it's time for McDowell Watch. All right. Not not a great day uh, at the office for Mr. Michael McDowell. His first DNF of the year. Uh, he was involved in that slow motion train wreck. Uh, or slow motion demolition derby. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he, he was in it. Mr. McDowell finished... Uh, 31st. 
which is uh, by far uh, his worst. I'm pretty sure it's his worst. Yes, his worst result of the year, 31st. He is now 16th in the points. That's a that drops in from 12 last week, exiting Bristol Dirt. As we go into Richmond this weekend, uh, Mr. McDowell will be making his 20th start on the court three quarters of a mile short track. His best finish there in 19 starts is 12th. He finished 12th there in the fall race in 2016. In, in the one race at Richmond last year, he finished 25th. Yeah, he, he hasn't had a great go of it there. Uh, it, out of his 19 starts, he's had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 DNFs. So he has not finished basically half of his races there. Well, it's, it's a new season. You're just you're just fully on board. I'm, fu- oh. hey, I'm fully committed. Hey, you know, listeners can't see this obviously, but if you, Daniel, if you look over my shoulder here. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I have a Michael McDowell um, parking sign um, on the wall behind um, my computer because um, we are now repping uh, our, or I am repping the podcast yeah. favorite driver this season. James Crow has just completely dismissed any idea of impartiality when it comes to McDowell Watch. Um, so. I mean, I'm not cheering for him to necessarily win. I'm cheering for him to do really well. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you want to see him do the best possible. But yeah, I'm not going to be um, sporting a, a, a Michael McDowell flag on, on, my, on my truck as I go to the track. So... No, I gotta keep some uh, respectable amount of distance when we uh, inevitably uh, try to have him on this show at some point this year, because we will try to make that happen. So here's uh, McDowell's quote from after he was involved in the wreck. Uh, This one stings a little. We were coming off better runs in Atlanta and Bristol and just getting to our sweet spot in this race when the accident happened. We still need more speed, but but the team was getting the car better and better. We've avoided bad luck this season, but today it got to us. Uh, that's Martinsville for us. All right, and that's his quote. Not not a great day for Michael McDowell. Um, but hey, he's he he's still gonna have the best season of his career. So um, what, it's just one race. And he's gonna have the best season of any driver who has some kind of memorabilia in my house. All right. So next, yeah, next up is uh, Richmond. Um, it's probably my least favorite uh, short track on the Cup Series schedule. Um, it was an, a really fun, exciting track back in you know the late '90s, early 2000s, and then either the cars changed or something changed, and for the last you know decade or so, the races there, which have been primarily run at night. Just haven't been very good in my opinion. I've I've prefer I've begun to prefer the um, the day races there uh, when the track's more slick, causes a little bit more action. And a few years ago, there was the bump and run by Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch coming out of uh, turn four to win a race. That was really really cool. So like like we talked about with Martin Martin Truex Jr. dominating at um, Martinsville, he has also dominated at Richmond. He, he has, uh, Truex has won two of the last three Richmond races. He swept the, the 2019 races. 
Um, and he, he, here, here are his his numbers, Crow, um, from the last in the last eight races at Richmond. Truex has led 193 laps, 198 laps, 121 laps, 163 laps, 186 laps, and 109 laps. Last year's lone race at Richmond, he didn't lead any laps, still finished second. So that, that tells you how good Martin Truex Jr. has been at Richmond over the last, basically, four years. And he's just, he's dominated them, but only won twice. He hasn't, fin- he hasn't finished worse than third in the last four races there. Um, so as far as, like, I'm, I'm going to go for two in a row for Truex. I'm going to pick him again to win this weekend. At, at Richmond, so I I don't know if you want to join me on that bet. I am. I, I thought about it, but I I'm going to go with the um, slight different, and I think he's going to finish second, and I think Hamlin's going to win. I mean, that's 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 a good good choice. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but no, he's also very good at Richmond. It's his home track, but he he hasn't won yet. We're we're going into our ninth race of the year, and the guy who's led the points for all but one race just hasn't won yet. And it's, but, but, um, he has finished in the top five in all but one race this year. In seven of the eight, seven of the eight races, Hamlin has, uh, pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the number, which that hasn't been done uh, since Rusty Wallace did it in, two, in 1993. But a big difference between those is that in in Wallace's case, he, he won four of the first um, eight races. Uh, but so far, Hamlin hasn't won anything except some stages. Uh, but his, yeah, yeah. His worst finish this year was 11th at Homestead. That was race number three. So outside of that, he's finished in the top five every single time. So... Yeah, I'm gonna go with Truex for Richmond, and you're gonna take Hamlin. So we'll we'll see how 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 that pits. That's kind of like our first um, real like head-to-head pick pick them for a race. Really, see who does better. So, but um, I'm yeah, I'm typically typ- typically not excited for Richmond races, but it's in the daytime, so that get, gives me hope for a good race, daytime and low downforce. One bit of news that came out today, um, really just like about 30, 45 minutes before we started recording, it was uh, Harrison Burton, uh, the full-time Xfinity Series driver at Joe Gibbs Racing and son of former Cup driver Jeff Burton, will uh, be making his Cup Series debut next weekend at Talladega. He will be driving the number 96 Toyota for Gaunt Brothers Racing. So um, that that's kind of some interesting news. So you've had drivers like Austin Sindrick make their Cup Series debuts this year. Uh, Noah Gregson tried to, but he didn't make the Daytona 500. Um, and now you have Harrison Burton, uh, who's he's good. He won four times last year. He's he's going places. So uh, Taldega and Daytona are typically uh, tracks that rookie drivers weirdly make their first starts at, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. <laughs> So, but I've had I've had someone like Elliot Sadler once explain to me why it was, and it's because they're kind of like low effort tracks. You're you're just you know on the gas the entire time. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that. 
Once, uh, when me and my family, we visited Taldega back in, uh, about 10 years ago, and in, in the, the gift shop building, um, they had this, like, sandwich board, and it, it, and it listed, like, all the drivers who have made their first starts at Taldega, and it was a very long list, and it just completely blew my mind that anyone would want to make their first start in a NASCAR Cup race at Talladega. But Harrison Burton's going to add his name to that list uh, next weekend. So good luck to him. Uh, the next gen, oh yeah, the next gen car will they'll they'll be officially uh, announcing that, revealing that for all three manufacturers on May fifth. Uh, that car, which was originally supposed to be debuted this year, got pushed back because of COVID nineteen, and will make its debut next year at the Daytona five hundred. And there's a lot of new stuff with that car, uh, sequential sh shifter. Uh, completely independent rear suspension, larger tires and wheels, and a, and a bunch of stuff I'm not remembering right now. But um, I'm looking forward they to seeing They might move the numbers. Oh, gosh. Don't. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I, I don't want them to do it, but also don't care enough to, like, make a big stink about it. Because I don't... The numbers are a big deal in NASCAR, but I've never... I mean, I, I, I care about drivers and personalities. I And w whether the number is on the, the left rear corner panel and not the middle shouldn't detract from my enjoyment of it. But it's nice having, you know, a big giant three on the side of the car. Uh, that, that That's going to make it h harder if you're in the grandstands, especially to really distinguish cars, especially when you have... You don't have cars that have the same sponsor all year long. They have one, one sponsor one race, one sponsor the next, and the, the, the paint scheme changes from race to race. And so the number is a huge part of that car's identity. Uh, but NASCAR's been looking into it because they want to get teams to get the most that they can out of their sponsors um, financially and all that. I hope they don't do it, but if they do do it, I'm not going to... Grab a grab a sign and march down to watch to Daytona Beach to give them a piece of my mind. That would be an amazing protest to attend. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 are you what what is your opinion on the number location? Um, I mean, I've seen some mock-ups that look pretty good. Um, I don't really care that much. Um, I, I'm not that concerned with the you know view from the grandstands um i've seen some I, going to dirt tracks you see basically people that show up with just like the most half-assed sprayed uh sprayed on spray painted on numbers <laughs> on the side and yeah. you can barely read them and you can usually still figure out who's who obviously there's a lot more cars in a nascar race but yeah you know i i, mean, I think aesthetically it looks really good, like I said, on some of the mock-ups, um, which would be nice, make for some nice die-cast. I think that the one benefit you get is that having such a dramatic shift in, des in the kind of template that they use to design cars will give you a nice visual reference when looking back at footage on, you know, before and after the number move, I guess. So you can see... Oh, oh, you, oh you, 
oh, this is oh, this, this race was definitely from 2022 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. I know, I know. I do know that another series. Yeah, they do have that number of placements. Um, I know, especially on, like dirt cars and stuff. Um, they they tried this. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, Dale Dale Jr. has like you know noted it that. There, there were there were cars back in like the '80s and stuff, Cup cars or Bush Series cars that did have weird number placements, um, not necessarily on the the quarter panel, but it, like the numbers would be like kind of moved backwards a little bit, with, in order to put another sponsor logo. So it's it's not, it's not completely out of the norm. It's just something something that hasn't been seen in the Cup Series, outside the All Star race last year, um, in the last you know thirty years or so, but. I know, I know they're they're looking at it, but I I hope they don't do it. But again, if they do it, I'm not gonna make a stink. Oh, I'll have a moment of silence and then I'll go about my day. So there's other things I should well, get if, mad about. If you change your mind, where can people find you as you make <laughs> your stink? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel McFadden, all one word. Uh, you can follow. Where they can follow follow you, Crow. I'm on Twitter at ETH Crow. Um, I keep promising to post more, but then I get I get on Twitter and see the the NASCAR Twitter drama of the day and like <laughs> this, this is a, a young man's Twitter <laughs> Twitter group. That that's I, I I'm I'm gonna tweet that later. Um, you can also follow us on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash Fadden where you can see all of my videos that I've produced so far, um, including, you know, my most recent uh, interview with Justin Allgaier, um, which you could also listen to on this podcast feed. I posted uh, some videos from Chase Elliott's uh, media availability this week. Um, I've posted the full video and also two short videos, um, but that's kind of some of the stuff that you can see on there. We just crossed the 150 subscriber mark. So that that's a cool uh, little milestone in our young existence here. You can follow us at Patreon.com uh, if you want to throw three dollars our way, help us, you know, make a little bit of money in this endeavor. If you enjoy what we're doing, uh, and if we can get enough people, we can do some special stuff with that. All right, that's it. That's been episode ten of Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. Uh, thank you for listening. I've been Daniel McFadden. Crow, say bye. Goodbye, everyone. Talk to you guys next week.